Now, let us bring Jennifer into our discussion. Jennifer is also a sports fan and fan of Philly teams. So she has good taste. Yes, I'm a fan of Philly sports. This year has been a real challenging time to be a Philly sports fan. Let us take a moment to recall our recent history. After the Phillies surrendered a lead in the World Series to fall to the Astros, the Eagles lost by three once again in the Super Bowl. The Flyers left no doubt about their season. Then the Sixers only needed one more win to advance to the conference finals before dropping two in a row. Then the Phillies surrendered another series lead and the Eagles surrounded a two-game division lead. The Sixers look better this year but the Celtics and Bucks are much improved as well. The Flyers are doing pretty well compared to expectations. The Phillies will be in a league where the Dodgers spend a billion dollars on two players. And the Eagles will need to revamp their assistant coaches. A tough time for us fans. But it also is a tough time to be a Patriots fan or Seahawks fan. The last of the pillars of the Patriots way is no longer running the show in New England. The best coach Seattle ever had was pushed out by non-football people. And then the greatest college football coach of all time also decided it was time to hang it up after a season where he made the college football playoffs. What do you make of the sudden but somewhat expected change in coaching through the sport of football? I think well-run organizations are able to find success in different ways because they look beyond the day-to-day and understand what assets and liabilities exist in their business. People who are self-aware with themselves or their organizations are able to know the gaps that exists, probability of closing those gaps in a timely manner, and how to achieve the same end goal. Organizations that use creative license to try to define success in a manner that is not industry standard are ones that probably realizes they are not up to par. For example, I worked with a procurement department that would emphasize cost avoidance in place of savings to try to make the case for its strategy. Cost avoidance was somewhat beneficial for ad hoc reporting, but it does not really do much for the actual financial effect of operations. In sports, you win or you lose. If you make the playoffs, then your strategy was effective and you can build on it. If you win the championship, then your strategy is the industry standard and you are a top performer. Despite the effort and time invested, the results are irrefutable and define your performance. Well, the Patriots separating from Belichick was somewhat anticipated because of the trajectory of the team. Seattle seemed somewhat stale despite making a minor playoff run last season. But I thought maybe one more season was fair. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the history of the NFL regardless of whether he passes Shula or not. Many people want to advance the narrative that all the credit should go to Brady. But the reality is that their partnership was the result of both of them. And Belichick was the architect of the dominant defenses that made them a consistent contender. Hopefully, he does pass Shula. Nick Saban is a great coach who did what so many struggle to do. Revive a legendary program and lift it to new heights. Saban won the last six titles for the legendary program, but it was revered before he ever stepped foot on campus. It seems like many coaches struggle with adding the next chapters in the book of historic programs. But Saban did just that in a manner that went beyond reasonable expectations. He was good in LSU, all right in the NFL with the Dolphins, but historically great at Alabama. I think the six titles are special compared to previous ones won by legendary coach Bear Bryant and others. Back in the day college football champions were crowned based on the votes from writers. These writers were well informed but hard to really say a team is a champion if it never played the other undefeated teams or contenders. Especially in a regional sport. When it was a regional sport. Saban won his six of his seven on the field. The LSU one is kind of the exception. But Alabama was the symbol of consistency and excellence throughout his time at Tuscaloosa. Why now? Some say the NIL. In the two seasons with NIL being prominent in the sport, 
Alabama did fairly well in spite of not winning a title. A bad snap ended their season in overtime. In a 12-team playoff, there is no doubt Alabama would have been in the mix. But as the game changes with realignment, sometimes it is time to move on. But, I feel Saban would have adjusted like he did so many times before. The game of football moves on, but we should acknowledge greatness when we see it right in front of us. Belichick will probably coach elsewhere. Who knows what will happen to Pete Carroll, who was replaced by Belichick and replaced Saban at Ohio State. But, Saban will not roam the sidelines anymore it strongly appears. Now, unto his final opponent. The Michigan Wolverines won the national championship, defeating Alabama on their way to the title. Now, the head coach on the defeated side will replace Saban. The Wolverines faced so much scrutiny because of the sign-stealing scandal Connor Stallions is accused of coordinating. That John Harbaugh was suspended for despite not knowing anything about it. While the scandal may still be under review by the NCAA, should the Wolverines feel vindicated? The suspension of John Harbaugh was done by the Big Ten. So, until the NCAA announces its rulings or decides the scandal is not a big deal, one can assume there is a possibility that championship will be vacated as well as the wins. Sure, you cannot erase the memories. But the season essentially becomes an extended practice if that happens. As much as Wolverines fans are sticking it in the face of their accusers, it will be very much deflating if the championship is vacated. Not enough information known about additional punishments at this point. I did not think it was a good look to reincorporate Connor Stallions back in the fold. That was a bit too far. I agree. There are people that corroborate his role in the scandal. The controversial aspect was Harbaugh taking the blame when he did not know what Connor Stallions was doing. But there was clear evidence of inappropriate behavior, whether it helped or not. And there is reason to believe the info or helpful material was already gained before it was stopped. Who really knows at this point? The scandal provided content for sports media in a season, where college football finally received more than a passing glance. In addition to the scandal, the narrative generators on ESPN and FS1 obsessed greatly about the arrival of Deion Sanders to Colorado. Usually, the networks avoid college football until the playoffs. As you can tell, I am not the biggest fan of the two main sports networks. But they do serve a purpose and help make sports the economic giant it is. Overall, I think the national sports networks are important. But, I feel that the best sports coverage is done by local reporters and content creators who are more closely tied to the teams. Their focus is on the teams that you actually care about and follow. Watching the national channels, you may get a few seconds about the ongoings of your team. Or if your team is outperforming or underperforming, you may get nauseated coverage that is more emotional retort than any factual debate of what actually is going on in the building. So many national pundits wrote off Buffalo from making the playoffs. Professing that the team is done and cannot get back in the playoff race. Now, they are the number two seed in the AFC. So it is not always expert opinion that is reflected but over analysis of the moment. But a useful discussion. You just have to take it for what it is worth to you. Also, the narratives they offer are just extreme and not really a comprehensive analysis of all possible outcomes. When they are not indoctrinating the audience, they are giving obsessive commentary myopically focused on a message that does not always hold true or is a generalization being sold as irrefutable dogma. Consider what these pundits say about team building. The common narrative is that you cannot make the playoffs without an established star quarterback as well as an offensive-minded innovative head coach. While that does seem to be the prevailing approach, not many teams are able to achieve that. But there are still 14 playoff sports that need to be filled. 
This year we have two or three teams that enter the playoffs without that standard and a couple of teams sitting at home. I might add the Browns to the mix since their supposed star quarterback has not played up to his past potential and the backups contributed greatly to their playoff run. To get a narrative to stick, it must be repeated multiple times not necessarily proven to hold numerous times. You must have an established quarterback and an offensive genius coach to make the playoffs, but there are other ways to find success in this industry. For most teams, they will need to find an alternate solution because they do not currently possess either or the quarterback and coach pairing is still developing. We all agree that star quarterbacks are hard to find and few if any are available in one draft, while some current stars are injured or declining out of the star quarterback class. So you either find a different path to the playoffs or just forfeit a year of the player's limited career time. This is why I love that the Pittsburgh Steelers made the playoffs and had another winning record. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his career. I will say it again. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his career. Having a star quarterback is a good formula to field a successful team. Having an innovative coach is also a good staple. My Philadelphia Eagles take this approach. But I do appreciate when teams realize there are more ways to get to where you want to be if you cannot go the road most traveled. Also, I think having a good and innovative coach is important, not just an offensive-minded coach. Look at the Texans. Sports is the ultimate meritocracy. Everything is earned and nothing is handed to anyone. Not the players, coaches, owners, or fans. And the results are clear and irrefutable. If you decide to buck the trend of team building or recruiting, the results are what they are. You must accept the result as a validation of your strategy, good or bad. Not like many businesses where you can try to craft a success story to cover for what is normally considered industry standard. For teams that take the alternative paths in team development, the fact teams like the Steelers and Texans making the playoffs without the prototypical path validates that these teams are well-run, and not just another cookie-cutter organization.